Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Sydney Motorsport Park changes everything. Yeah, you know, you can't focus on one bloke, but um, yeah, end of the year, there's going to be four blokes still fighting for this championship, and it's exciting. It's, you know, last year there was two cars, and um, we'll definitely be trying to get in that fight this year and make sure that Will and I are the other two cars, and we've got four fighting, and if one of us can get it, that's, um, that's a focus. And Glenn Matthews talks about the next step for the permanent Sydney track. You know, I think we've done a pretty good job that, you know, throughout, I guess they haven't been here for four years, so I think for our first effort, the weekend's been really successful for us. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Craig Lowndes has kept his championship hunt alive with a solid win on Saturday at Sydney Motorsport Park. You know, it's a great time of the year. I love this part. Uh, knowing where we're going to be heading into very shortly, which is the endurance side of it, is, uh, is always, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy, I'm confident. Uh, JJ and I have been working very hard. You know, all the guys on Team Vodafone have been... Jamie Winkup picked up the 50th pole for Team Vodafone on Saturday, but then lost the championship lead with a delaminating tyre. He grabbed the championship lead back on Sunday. I say this every year, it comes down to a handful of points in the last race, the last day. I don't know, it's almost like it's rigged, but uh, trust me, it's not. It's, uh, it's a just absolute dogfight. It's been a, a huge dogfight uh, right from the start of the year. I expect it to go right till uh, right to the last race. So uh, I think we will probably will see a few more different winners um, from here, here and there, but uh, it all comes down to who's leading on the, on the last lap of the last race. Frosty was the overnight championship leader but could not hold on to it on Sunday. You know, got to try things. Eastern Creek probably hasn't suited our cars as well as probably Sandown will. So, um, yeah, I always thought this was a bit of a danger round. So we, we've gained points. We've got two podiums and um, got a straight car. So, you know, we, we look forward to three weeks' time and, um, you know, trying to, trying to win the Enduros. That's the, that's the plan now. But, um, yeah, it wasn't the cleanest race, but end of the day we're third and that's a good result. Will Davison, after a podium on Saturday, talked to the V8 Insiders about his disappointment on Sunday. We're just not fast enough at the moment, but uh, if the cars are quick at Sandown, we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to get some points back in these endurance races if we want to win. Roland Dane said that Sydney Motorsport Park should be on the calendar full-time. Yeah, uh, most definitely, in my opinion, uh, it should be. I think it's a great, uh, a great circuit. Um, it's a good flowing track, it's proper motor racing circuit 
but it's also the um, only permanent circuit in the Sydney basin, and uh, and as such, we should be supporting it. Uh, we should be here. I hope we are here. I think it's been a very good return here. Um, the considering the event, you know, only put on the calendar a matter of four months ago or so. Uh, I thought it was very good. It's good to see a good crowd here, very enthusiastic crowd, uh, a crowd full of um, real avid race fans. So I'm a big supporter and uh, I definitely hope that we'll, we'll be back here every year. Ross Stone talked about Sydney Motorsport Park being on the calendar again and how difficult it is to build a calendar. I think it's a good facility. You know, I've done the track walk with the drivers and uh, engineers on um, Friday. And when you walk around, it's a great track, you know. Um, and just I hope it's um, part of our calendar next year. But um, I used to be on the board of V8 Supercars, and I've got to tell you that calendar's the hardest thing. You'd think it'd be easy that, you know, why are you going to race somewhere in the middle of winter or why, why are you doing that or why are you doing this? And it's because, you know, some races have long-term contracts and they're meant to be positioned at a certain time and and then you obviously want to miss the Father's Day or the Mother's Day or the, you know, certain holidays and, and, and then indeed other sporting events. So um, the calendar, believe me, is the toughest thing you can do. We hear from Glenn Matthews, the CEO of Sydney Motorsport Park, on this week's White Flag Lap. Back to Ross Stone now, and he talked to the V8 Insiders about all the media attention that followed his team with the AMG rumours linking them to the car of the future. Oh, well, you just can't comment about it because, um, you know, if, if something like that's going on, you, you just can't make any comment about it. So uh, it's just, just you play it with a dead bat. Yeah, you do wonder where it comes from. Absolutely, you wonder where it comes from, and... Um, and sometimes they, if, if one line doesn't work, some of the guys have a crack on another line. But, um, you know, the only way you find out is as you get closer to the race. And Stone talked about how the rumours have affected their negotiations with Ford. Oh, yeah, we're still talking with Ford. That's an open thing. But, you know, you've only got to see how many Falcons are actually getting sold and then territories are selling more territories than uh, Falcons and then you know they have the Utes and there needs to be a certain number of those sold every month to make you know if you put it in a in a nutshell Geelong and Broadmeadows viable and so that's what they're just um, you know it'll be an ongoing process. Greg Murphy on Monday got behind the wheel again of a V8 supercar, but on Sunday night when the V8 insiders went to ask him about how his recovery was, here's what he said. We spoke to Jacques Villeneuve about the Pepsi Max car and his experience in it. Well, I've had fun, you know, the Pepsi Max crew gave me a chance to have fun here in these cars and figure out how it was. Uh, it, it was tough to get going, uh, but we kept working the setup just to figure out how it reacted and... By the end, we had something that was good in the race. And does Villeneuve see Australia as his future? I don't know. Uh, I'm still working on NASCAR. I've been working on that for a while. Uh, and, and we'll see. We'll see if there's some talks or not. Uh, right now, I was just wanting to try these few races. Um, race with the, the real guys, not with just with the internationals. And, and had a crack at it. It was, it was fun. So uh, we'll see if there's some, some talks. In other news now, Coopers has leveraged their sponsorship of the series into a new 
50 years of Bathurst promotion. The Bathurst pack contains 20 specially labelled cans of Cooper's Mid-Ale 3.5 and is now available just in time for Father's Day. And finally, congratulations to Paul Morris who won the V8 Media Challenge. First win for a while. So, uh, yeah, I'll take that one. It's good to uh, finally get a trophy off Gary. He's owed me one for a few years. Morris's next attention is turned to the Enduros, not just in Australia. Yeah, off to New Zealand next weekend or this weekend, probably is now, <laughs> for the uh, Telpo 400, then into the Sandown and, and Bathurst. So, yeah, back into race mode. How are you looking forward to uh, getting back into the car here? Because over the last couple of years, back problems and size of uh, yourself and car seats for your co-driver have been problems? Uh, yeah, it was always a struggle with Russell. Um, you know, was, he had to have it his way and everyone else could make their own arrangements, which is cool. It's his car, but um, Steve's a bit more flexible. He made his living for a long time driving other people's uh, shit boxes. So, um he lets me put up where I want the seat, and uh, and he adapts, so it's, it's really good for me, and um, that's why we get on so well, I think. It should be a good combination. And that's the news for Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range at www.nobrac.com.au. That's N-O-B-R-A-C.com.au. After the break, Adrian Mussolino and Andrew Clark will join me. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, it's the V8X team of Adrian Mussolino and Andrew Clark. Good evening, Adrian. Good evening, Craig. How are you? Very well, thanks. And uh, Andrew, you're flying at the moment as uh, high as possibly the Hawks with Buddy back on the team. I know it's awesome, isn't it? So you get good motor racing and you got the Hawks up on top of the ladder and the world's a pretty good place these days. Mm. Well, for anyone who belongs to the ARDC or Sydney Motorsport Park, Andrew, they would have been extremely happy to see the V8 back on the track. And uh, whilst the racing was dominated by Team Vodafone once again, we did see that Ford Performance Racing are right there on their heels going into the Enduros. It is a four-horse race. Yeah, it's kind of interesting the whole season, isn't it? Uh, it's really one that's been, if you want to put a bit of football terminology, we're at the half, half-time break and uh, we've really had two quite distinct quarters of football at the moment. You know, we had FPR dominating very early in the season and everybody was saying, how are we going to stop them? And then the next thing you know, Team Vodafone's popped up and, uh, and they've taken back the lead. So, you know, it's been a fascinating battle between the two of them. Um, 
I wouldn't say that it's necessarily given us the greatest racing we've seen in a long time, but uh, certainly in terms of you know those swings and roundabouts and uh, <clears throat> and uh, you know talking about momentum in sport, you know the momentum is has definitely shifted and it's now very very strongly inside Team Vodafone, uh, but perhaps more particularly it's with Craig Lowndes. Adrian, the revival of Craig Lowndes, I had written him off as being too far behind to be a contender. Gee, I got that wrong. Yeah, well, if, you know, last year was any guide. Uh, you know, he just comes on strong in the second half of the season. And, you know, I don't even think he can explain why. I just think he maybe just gets into a groove and rhythm and he sort of builds. And once we come into the enduro race, that's where his strength really is. So I think he's still in this championship race. The problem, unlike last year, is that there's those FPR teammates sort of in the mix as well, so they will be stealing points. So, you know, I'm not quite sure if he can take it to Jamie Wink Cup, you know, um, heading into Sydney as he did last year. I think the FPR boys will sort of prevent that, maybe. Mm. It, Andrew, it is interesting. We've seen this domination, as you mentioned, in the last few races, but... It hasn't been just smashing one-twos to Team Vodafone. We've seen them split regularly with the FPR drivers, uh, and particularly Frosty Winterbottom. It looks like Davo has uh, done a bit of a Greg Norman on us and having a bit of a choke. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's having a bit of a choke necessarily. I think early on in the season, you know, I think we all underestimated the impact of that ankle injury on Mark Winterbottom. And you saw him qualifying well, but then he was just getting eaten off the starts by Will, who was able to get the car away better as he's, you know, and essentially he had full use of his ankles. <clears throat> and I think what you're seeing now is that, yeah, Frosty's back to full fitness. And, yeah, you're pretty much seeing Frosty at, at his peak in that sense. Um, and I think, you know, it's always an interesting balance when you start to talk about who's a better driver. Is Mark Winterbottom a better driver than Will Davison or, you know, is Jamie Wincup better than Craig Lowndes? You know, you just don't know what's going on inside um, the helmet to the engineer discussion and so forth. But clearly Mark Winterbottom ha- has come on very strongly. Um, and I think, you know, he seems to be having a very good relationship with uh, with the drive, with the car and with the engineers and the whole deal. And I think, you know, it, it, everything's working. And I wouldn't say that Will's um, choked yet. I mean, he's still ahead of uh, Craig Davison, uh, Craig Davison, Craig Lowndes in the championship. So, you know, he's still got uh, a lot to give. And as we know, you know, there's two very important races coming up where you could easily dump 300 points to somebody else. So... You know, I think, uh, yeah, talking about somebody choking before Bathurst a bit early. Mm. Now, of course, Adrian, one thing that really kicked the championship battle back into life was the delaminated tyre of Jamie Wincup. A blowout for Wincup, but a, uh, a boon for the championship series as we saw a change in the leader overnight. And then, of course, uh, Wincup bouncing back with a, a solid win in race 19. It was. It was what the championship needed because we've got Triple Eight on this run. I think it's eight wins in a row, and they were just sort of ahead, and and we was stretching that advantage. I think it had hit three figures at some stage, and it looked as though he was just going to run away with it. Really remembering Triple Eight's strength is at the Enduros relative to FPR. So for Wink Cup to have that tie go down, you know, that just sort of threw the championship wide open again, and. As you said, you know, Winterbottom's strength is his consistency. Mm. And he just sort of chalks up those podiums, and that could be key. It could be indeed. Uh, we've already talked about Craig Lowndes' form, Adrian, but uh, it is just amazing that both those drivers 
uh, at Team Vodafone are able to find a way to make a bad weekend still count. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen Wing Cup have a tough Saturday, um, something going wrong, and then he just comes out on Sunday and just dominates? And that's that's the strength, you know, of the Wing Cup triple combination. You can never rule them out. And just when you think they're sort of down and out, they come right back at you. And I think that, you know, that performance on Sunday, you know, could be a championship changer in the sense, you know, that confidence heading into the Enduros, that's where their strength is. Mm-hmm. I think that could be key. All right. Well, ahead of the break, Andrew, what do you think the future of Sydney Motorsport Park is for the V8 Supercar Series? <laughs> well, now you're talking fun things. Um, <clears throat> clearly, they're um, they're talking about going night racing, and I think that's the only way they're going to save it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a beautiful track. I mean, you know, when you drive the track, it's nice. You know, it's got some good challenges. Um, getting rid of that stupid kink leading into Turn 7 has been great for the racing. I mean, you know, it was interesting talking to Craig Lowndes about that before the race and saying, can you pass? He has that opened up as a passing move, and bang, there he goes in there in the second race, and he uh, passes somebody in that corner. Um, so I think they've done a you know, pretty impressive job all round. You know, it, it looks quite different when you walk into the place and all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, you know, and, and anybody who follows Facebook at the moment is probably copying an earful of all the people just getting stuck into the ARDC. I mean, those guys have really got to start thinking about what they're doing when they run these places. Um, you know, they just potentially screwing it up in a sense. Um, good facility, everything about it's good. But, you know, there was no crowd um, there's to speak of, and uh, the whole night, the whole weekend was just a, a fight with, with, um, with officials. So yeah, I don't know. Night race might save it, but um, otherwise, I think you know, um, the cynics suggested that we were going there to prove to the New South Wales government that they need homebush, and maybe they did that. Well, it's interesting, Adrian, because uh, that is definitely an interesting an interesting cynical view that was shared around the media centre, and of course. Tony wasn't there this weekend, as far as we could tell. I know Glenn Matthews, the CEO of the ARDC, never saw him. Well, I think I think you've sort of touched on it there, in that the future of Sydney Motorsport Park is really in the hands of what happens with Homebush, and if that um, gets cold off the calendar, then really there's no other option in Sydney. Remembering that Orange Park is now housing development and not not a racetrack anymore, so I, I think. You know, the development in Eastern Creek um, has sort of, you know, the facilities have been improved. I think it could get a bigger crowd. Remember, it had six months to promote the event. It didn't even look like we were going to Eastern Creek this year until it was added on at the last minute. So I think, you know, crowd is, you know, hard to judge. But I think... I, mean, I, I think that's a cheap cop-out. I reckon you don't need 12 months to promote a motor race a sporting event. You need, you know, a month at most, six weeks to promote the thing to get a crowd in the door. The reality is that, you know, they've always struggled to pull a crowd to Eastern Creek. The changes that they made on the weekend have only made it worse, you know. You can't get in the front gate anymore, you know, so it means the grandstand's almost empty because they're pushing people out the back. You know, at the end of the day, these guys need to actually sit down and maybe even, you know, fork out a bit of cash to do some market research on people and say, why aren't you going? Or why won't you come back when they see people walking out grumpy having fights with security guards? As I saw um, on Sunday, it'll be interesting as well to see the crowd at the Muscle come after this weekend and how that compares and whether there's sort of any doubling up of people going to both or 
um, people who chose... Oh, no doubt. I mean, you just had to walk around to hear people talking about it. I mean, I sat down and had a coffee with John Bow at one stage at that, that little cafe-type section, and the amount of people who came up talking about Muscle Car Masters to him was staggering. I reckon you'd find 80% of the crowd that went there last weekend are going to go to Muscle Car Masters this weekend. And, and um, in fact, uh, Glenn Matthews is on the white flag lap, and he talks to us about ticket sales for this year's Muscle Car Masters and uh, he says in that interview that this year's ticket sales for Muscle Car Masters pre-sales are now above what were the total sales for last year's event and he believes that pairing the V8s and Muscle Car Masters and going to Ticketek as their ticket seller has been able to make Muscle Car Masters bigger whilst it might not have reflected in the crowd for the V8s. Yeah. And it's really just about sitting down. And again, one of the things that's always bugged me is that I don't think people have really sat down and tried to understand um, the viewing market of V8 supercars. You know, I don't know of any serious research that's been done or attention paid to anything that's been done asking people what they actually want. You know, what do you want to see at these races? I mean, remember they did little tick boxes a few years ago and said, you know, what's your most popular thing here? Obviously, the V8 supercars were number one. Um, the second highest thing was the VB Challenge, and then it was Matt Mingay. Um, yet you don't see anything like a VB Challenge anymore, and you don't see Matt Mingay at the moment. So, you know, you're not entertaining the crowd in between the races. You're not finding a way to listen to what they're saying. I mean, it's the exact opposite in other sports, you know, like the AFL, which is on a big growth curve still, you know, because they sit down and say, how are we going to get these more people? How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? Instead of saying, you know, we are the biggest, the greatest, you know, and I, the amount of people I joked with on the weekend about being the third biggest sport in the land... And it was just ridiculous. You know, mm. It is not the third biggest sport in the land. Um, there's no reason why it can't be. But you've actually got to sit back and take a good hard look. And if you sit back and look at that and say, you know, Greater Western Sydney probably pulls a bigger crowd to its football matches. All right. Now, um, I know they don't because I've been to a Greater Western Sydney game and there was 5,000 people there. So now you're just being... Well, how many do you reckon was at, was at Eastern Creek? Oh, I thought there was about 27 across no, the weekend. Bullshit. Across the weekend, so across, yeah, across two the days, weekend. you're yeah. telling me that they had nearly 15,000 people on each day? No, I reckon there was more on Sunday than there was on Saturday. Yeah, I reckon they would be lucky. They would be lucky if they had 5,000 people on Saturday. All right. We need to take and a break. lucky if they got to 10,000 on Sunday. We need to take a break here on the VAD Insiders. We'll return with more right after this. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. 
Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Adrian Mussolino and Andrew Clark joining me, Craig Ravel. And Adrian, you sort of stepped out of that one uh, towards the end there, but uh, here's one you can fire up about. We saw in the papers on Sunday that uh, Channel 9 and night racing is what this V8 supercar series is going to be all about in the future. Well, that's if the press release, well, sorry, that's if the paper report is accurate. Do you think Channel 9's a serious bidder, or is this just to try and squeeze a few more dollars out of the ones that are actually up for it? I get the sense that it's trying to squeeze more money out of Channel 7 and 10. Um, you know, I definitely heard the Channel 9 rumours, that was one of the talking points of the weekend, but... You know, it's interesting who you heard it from and what the motivations were for telling you and that sort of thing. And I just get the sense that you know, Nine hasn't really shown much of an interest, as far as I can see, in motorsport in recent years. I think now that it's done its NRL deal, it looks pretty set. Um, I get the sense that it's more about sending a bit of a warning to Channel 7 and 10 to sort of up their bids. I think, from what I understand, the negotiations are sort of reaching that critical point and it's sort of all down to the next few weeks. What about you, Andrew? Where are you at with nine and night races? Oh, look, I don't think nine's got any interest, personally. Um, night races, I think, will be good because it allows you to provide a little bit of shift. Um, but the downside is that if you stay with Channel 7, it's not going to help you one little bit because you're still going to have your AFL clash. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think Channel 10's got that much money, to tell you the truth. Um, you look at what's happening with their their financials and all of those things, and I don't think they've got a lot of money to splash around to try and buy V8 supercars. So, you know, and and Rusty was out there on the weekend, and he wasn't looking like he was, you know, running around um, digging up any work or anything. He looked like he was just out there for a bit of a cruise. So, I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I my gut feel is it's going to stay with Channel Seven, um, and it's going to still continue to use a lot of the um, the Seven Mate coverage. Um, and uh, a backup deal with Foxtel, um, and, and that's what I think will happen. Um, and I think there's stuff with you know, Channel Nine, and uh, you know, and you only have to look at the journalist who wrote it um, to know where it came from. And it's really just a, a media, it's media feed from V8 Supercars to try and push the just price on, up. Just on Channel Ten, though, we've got to remember that they have been left with no major sporting code at all. Um, they lost the AFL after 2011. They missed out on the NRL, even though they put in a pretty heavy bid for it. So they really do need something. And VS Supercars is really all that's left in terms of winter um, posts. Oh, and, and they do a great job with Motorsport Channel 10. I mean, you know, you, I love the NASCAR stuff they do. I love the Formula 1, the MotoGP. Like, you know, they're a motorsport place, what I doubt, and, you know, I think they could do with it and it would certainly help them. What I don't know is whether or not they have the money in the kitty to go out and buy something, given that they've had a couple of shows recently that they've invested quite heavily in bomb. Mm. You know, they're a publicly listed company. At the end of the day, they're accountable to their shareholders. So, you know, if they say, we're going to go and spend whatever it is people are asking, I mean, V8 Supercars say they're going to get more this time around. So what are they expecting? $250 million, $300 million? I can't see Channel 10 having that cash sitting around. Mm. Of course, that's a total media spend, so you have to remember that Foxtel have to kick the can, as do whatever website is going to be up there, and that's where that 350 number comes from, not just from your TV rights. Yeah, but it's a different deal. I mean, they've got to deal with Big Bond at the moment to run the website and all of those kind of things, and, you know, I think that um, you've got to find something quite... uh, 
if somebody is out there and open, there'll be so quite a creative solution to what's happening with V8 supercars. I mean, the announcement this week about, you know, the basketball stuff coming online, you know, that you can go in and you know, buy a plan and watch all basketball matches on your on your iPad, iPhone, etc. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm a big Hawks fan, as we all know by now, um, and I was able to have that match running on my iPad um, on the weekend, but I can't really get V8 supercar races up that easily. So I think you're looking at the future coming is, is how do you deal with these convergent technologies and, and how do we make it work um, without milking people dry, you know, because at the end of the day, We've all got less money to spend at the moment than we had, you know, one year ago, two years ago, three years ago. You know, the, the cost of living has gone up and our wages haven't gone up. Um, so what do we what do we sacrifice? At the end of the day, we'll sacrifice the discretionary spend. Mm. Um, and that could be, you know, V8 supercars instead of football. Well, there's certainly plenty more we can talk about here on the V8 Insiders, but time has gotten away from us. Andrew, thanks for your time. No worries. And also to Adrian Mussolino. When's that latest edition or the next edition of VADX hitting the stands? It's out September 5. It's a special Bathurst edition to celebrate the 50th anniversary. So um, look out for it. Well, I've seen the cover. Doesn't have any driver salaries in it, Adrian? And, uh, no, not this time, but there's plenty of... Oh, sorry. Stuff. We did that in February, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we did, yeah. All right, I've seen the cover for it. It looks fantastic, and we're looking forward to seeing VADX out in the stands next Wednesday. White flag. And also, just quickly, look out for a iPad version, which is coming soon. Um, so stay tuned for that one. All right. And um, an iPad version. Hey. All right. You're modern. We need to get to the break. Glenn Matthews, the AADC CEO, is on the white flag lap after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, Glenn Matthews from Sydney Motorsport Park talked about the return of the V8s last weekend to the track. We've been really excited to have V8s here for the weekend and, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job that, you know, for our, I guess they haven't been here for four years, so I think for our first effort, the weekend's been really successful for us. What were some of the key goals you were trying to achieve by taking on this event? Look, even though we didn't have much notice, we thought it was important to do it because for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's our 60th anniversary and that's something we're really proud of as a club. And secondly, you know, we've been working really hard to rebrand and improve uh, the venue, which was formerly Eastern Creek, now Sydney Motorsport Park. So, you know, together with government, we've invested $12 million in the site over the last two years. Uh, Of that, it was $5 million of our own money. 7 million from government and uh, you know we've, we've done a great new track uh, extension but I think more importantly we've, we've put a lot of additions in the site that make it so much better for spectators I mean the pit, the pit building itself now with you know the mesh balustrades that you can see through um, some of the viewing spots around the circuit now are just terrific as well With an event like this being paired on the back or sorry in the front of your traditional blue ribbon event the muscle car masters 
logistically, is there any economies of scale you're able to leverage? Yeah, look, there has been in a couple of areas. In, in, in some of the key infrastructure, there's certainly been economies of scale. But I think also just partnering with Ticketek. I mean, we wanted to make sure that we marketed V8s uh, properly, and I think we've done a good job of that. Uh, and so we decided to run with Ticketek for Muscle Car Masters as well. And, you know, even at this point in time, with a week to go for Muscle Car Masters, our pre-sales have already exceeded what we did last year, and last year was a record for us. So, you know, we think that's terrific. I think also, given that it's the first time uh, V8s have been here, you know, we've been through, you know, put together a new traffic management plan and strategy for the site, and that's gone uh, off really well for us on the weekend, and that's something we'll carry forward next week uh, for Muscle Car Masters as well. With this event coming back on at short notice obviously the end game is to make sure they come back again how have those talks been able to progress look we when we when we spoke with v8s we we were both happy to do this just as a one-off to begin with and you're right i mean having such short notice is a bit of a challenge particularly when you get to the corporates who have committed largely this year to, to Bathurst being its 50th year um, but but the end game for us was, when, and so getting back to your question, you know when we spoke about it, it was a one year deal with a couple of mutual options in it but I guess what we'll do is both parties will sit down when the dust settles in the next week, do a bit of a debrief and, and find out what was great what we and, and other areas we can improve and then look at what we can do going forward together. What have you thought about the profile of V8s and Sydney Motorsport Park linking together? Do you think it's helped increase the public awareness of what you're doing here? Yeah, look, I think it definitely has. And I think that was important, even though, you know, we've taken on the risk and being being the promoter on this one, I was prepared to do that because, I, you know... The, the board has worked extremely hard in putting together a new vision for Sydney Motorsport Park and I think the people who have come out here today and yesterday have seen exactly, I mean I've been inundated with people and, and praise I mean there's always areas we can improve but people have said to me wow have a look at this, doesn't it look fantastic I mean even John Bow this morning said to me he just couldn't believe how good it was and that it's actually world class now and you know so for me it was really important to get people on the site and there's no doubt that you know having a V8 event has certainly helped us achieve that uh, uh, this weekend. Long term the real the reality of Sydney Motorsport Park returning to the V8 supercar calendar what impediments do you see to that in future? Well I don't know about impediments I guess I'd like to sit down with V8s as I said we'll do a debrief and just, just see what was great and, and where are the areas we can improve. I'd certainly like to take a much closer partnering approach uh, and be true partners with them because I think working together properly, I think we could, you know, I think we could create a, a great event here, particularly if we can get a time slot. You know, as Muscle Car Masters has proved, if you own a date, then people put it on them. I mean, Sydney's a tough market, but if you own a date and everybody puts it in their calendar... Um, you know, you, you, you can grow that over time. And I think if we did that, that approach, I think it be, could be a great event. With the talk that uh, Homebush next year will move into a, a date around this time, what concerns you about a move like that? Look, to tell you the truth, I haven't thought too much about Homebush. Uh, people ask me about Homebush versus Eastern Creek. 
and at the end of the day, you know, we're a permanent circuit, and I'm just focused on what we can do to put on a, a terrific event and uh, and give the customer a great experience. So, to tell you the truth, I haven't focused too much on Homebush at all. I think if you were to ask me, you know, what time of year, if, if V8s were to come back here, what time of year I'd prefer. Naturally, like any promoter, we'd like to either be the first round or the last, and probably coming into Christmas and being the, the closing round in, in Sydney would be fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I, I haven't thought too much about impediments and, and homebush at all. Obviously, it, if you go to the back half of the year, though, you run into the Bathurst issue, whereas in the front half of the year you've got a bit more lead time. Yeah, that's true. And, and I guess, if, you know, if we were to kick, kick the year off in March or something like that, you know, the weather's fantastic. Uh, I read somewhere this morning that, you know, we're looking at maybe twilight races where you've got the advantage of daylight savings still then, so you could certainly do something around that time of the year, as you could late in the year as well. But I think March is a fantastic time of year. Logistically, is lighting this circuit an option? <laughs> Look, I think in our vision it certainly is, and that's something, you know, I think we're, you know, with not too much money, we're absolutely not very far away now from being a world-class facility, and certainly two things that I'd like to do in the short term is, number one, light the track completely, and uh, and number two... Uh, have CCTV and cameras around the entire track. So, you know, that's that's something that's on our plan. And now that we've delivered, you know, the first part of the transformation, that's something that, we'll, you know, we start focusing on from tomorrow. How much money will it take to complete the vision that the board has set? I... I it's interesting, if I look at the next stage, see, part of our vision includes a, you know, a pretty substantial interactive uh, motorsport museum. And I'm not talking about something that's static, I'm talking about something that, you know, kids would be into. Um, so, you know, putting that aside and taking that out of the vision, you know, I think in terms of the circuit itself, you know, I think for less than $5 million dollars, Uh, you know, we could have, without doubt, the best circuit in the country. And that's all for another week on the V8 Insiders as the chequered flag waves over this edition. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.